Welcome to PharmaTalk Radio. I'm Kate Woda. I'm delighted to share a presentation from the 2019 Drug Delivery West Conference on the topic of delivering an innovative, patient-centric delivery system as a result of strong collaborations between Flex and Amgen. This session is led by Bill Rich, Vice President of Final Drug Product Technologies at Amgen. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks. So uh, we're going to partner today. That was probably the hardest part of this whole uh, partnership is actually deciding who's going to do which slides. So um, we'll try to do our best. Um, about four years ago, um, when I started to get involved with the relationship with Flex in developing a product that's now called AutoTouch for Embryol, um, there was a lot of issues going on in the group of people that were working together. Um, and, and it wasn't very difficult to fix, but we were spending upwards of 50 to $100 million, depending upon how you want to count it, to bring a platform device to market. And a lot of people in the room have talked about the science and engineering around it, but I would actually argue that if you don't have the right business construct and the ability to work well with your partner companies, that you're going to be wasting that money. And that's an awful lot of money to just be tossing down the down the drain. Um, delays happen, a whole bunch of issues, and I think the, the strength of the collaboration is actually really quite critical. So what we've done is we've uh, targeted a, a system, uh, a partnering system, for how we work between Amgen, which is the, the, the drug company, the pharmaceutical company, and partner companies, and Flextronics is one of those, to develop our combination products and bring them to the market in a very patient-friendly, user-friendly way, on time, and uh, when, our, when our market needs them. We've created a single integrated team, and I would actually say, I'm honestly, you know, Danielle and I don't speak as much as we probably should in the past, uh, but other people at Flex, I can pick up the phone and talk to on a daily basis. Uh, some of you might know Ricardo Buto, him and I actually talk probably about once every two weeks, and we still do even after the project is launched. And the criticality of having that executive sponsorship very early on is, is extremely important. We looked at it as one project, one budget, one team. We don't differentiate between the Flex people and the Amgen people. And you know, I've been in meetings where Ricardo has probably asked the Amgen people more difficult questions than I have, um, but the reciprocal also goes. If there's an issue or a problem, I can pick up the phone and ask them about anything and get a very open and honest conversation that allows our two teams that are integrated as one to start to work on a solution to get past that problem. And quite honestly, in the end, you know, at Amgen, our mission is to serve patients, and it's really about getting in the hands of patients devices, combination products that they could use to treat the diseases that they have. This on the near side, I guess it's on the same, yes, very much, no. On the, on the right side of the screen is what we call AutoTouch. The cartridge is called um, Embryol Mini. Those cartridges are delivered to patients in four packs. The auto-touch is given to the patient when they first go on dosing. Um, it's a reusable auto-injector device, and it was actually created and designed um, in interaction with arthritis patients. So arthritis patients, um, if you know anybody with severe arthritis, have extremely hard dexterity problems. Um, something like um, a, a typical auto-injector, a very skinny thing, is very hard for them to hold. Never mind navigate the button, right? Hold it, navigate it, push. Those steps are very, very difficult. I'm a repatha patient, so I use the same auto-injector, and there are days where it's hard for me to actually use, right? 
The other nice thing about this is that the patient gets to know their device. They use it a lot, right? Every week, they inject themselves again. It gives them feedback. It tells them when the dose is done, right? It allows them to track it. We're coming out actually with the connected device version of the soon. Right? And, and, and honestly, if a patient on Embryol uses their Embryol, their dexterity gets a lot better, right? Their, uh, their, 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 their ability to use their hands comes back very, very well. Maybe over time they wouldn't need to use this device, but they get used to it, they really love it, they like the way it interacts with them. And that was not something that came easy. This was years of development with Flextronics where we did a lot of patient-centric design. We redesigned this thing two, three times, I believe. Right, the original one, if you were to look at it, the thick part on the bottom was the handle on top, and the skinny part on the top was actually where the syringe cartridge went into. Right? It was very hard for an arthritis patient to hold. Why do we, you go, you go, you got that one, take it, take it. Wait, we didn't really work that one out yet. Okay, so I'd be happy to explain why you selected the Flex as a good partner for this development. <laughs> okay, so first of all, uh, Flex was selected as a right partner because uh, Flex was able to provide a full solution starting from the concept, the ideation phase, to the full design, development, industrialization, MPI, manufacturing, and also the kind of services that are post-market services, like life cycle management and design sustaining, that it's important as, uh, as well. Obviously, we had to show Amgen, and we had to prove that we had a consolidated and a strong quality management system that was connecting all the manufacturing and the design sites from, from Flex. And uh, we uh, were able to prove that we had the right engineering capabilities uh, to develop uh, a complex electromechanical product uh, like uh, this is. And then, uh, last but not least, uh, we had the global footprint to support both the short-term and the, long, the longer-term needs from, uh, from Amgen. Now, what are uh, uh, the issues that typically occurs when uh, you work together and you put the teams together? Uh, just to echo what Bill uh, said, uh, it was a journey. I see this as a journey. In the early days, uh, uh, we were not able to, try to, to find the right fit between uh, the, the, the different teams that were involved into the projects. I think that most of the th these things are familiar to you, especially if you work uh, with the teams that are from different disciplines or from different companies. And in the early days, it was more a relationship between customer and supplier rather than uh, a, a real partnership. So what happened why we were able to build uh, such a successful project? that launch it and have a strong relationship like we have right now ongoing. So it's a matter basically of processes, people, and governance. So talking about the processes, I'm going to echo also something that was just said by our colleague right now from Cambridge. One of the key success factors for this project is that it was considered as a project-centric approach. I think that everyone would agree that we needed to develop products that are project-centric, but what, it, what is the meaning of project-centric? To me, the meaning is starting from one important thing, uh, is that when you develop something that is project-centric, you need to introduce a feature into the device, not because technologies allow to do that, but because you think that it's needed for the patient. So if you look at the features that were picked up the, for the development of this project, this came up after a few pressure preference studies, a few user studies, 
and trying to see what were the features that could have improved the experience of the patients that was already delivering these devices with a prefilled syringe. And so this is, I think, the key focal point. And all the studies that were done in the early days were done together with the development of different type of architectures, having in mind the ergonomics, having in mind what was the right user interface to be introduced, and developing a fully automated system capable of retracting and injecting the needle and extruding automatically the drug. Now, there is another key important aspect that, uh, that uh, was a, a success for the project, is that uh, we followed all the right steps. You see the typical development process for a medical devices. You don't know how many times there is the temptation to push, to go straight forward, uh, looking at the time to market, to try to accelerate the project, skip steps, uh, go straight forward and to enter into the de design verification of the product. There are typically no shortcuts. Even if you find some opportunities to accelerate, then uh, it can happen that sooner or later you will pay for it and maybe you will have to make another iteration that was not considered before. What you have to keep in mind is that you need to involve your manufacturer as soon as possible. There are companies that are organized in such a way where there is an R&D doing the, the design and then handing over the design to an industrialization or MPI team. I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but when you, try, you pull in the people from manufacturing, you start to see all the issues that are related to assembly, to testability, to reliability. And obviously these are things that if you consider upfront while you're defining the concept, while you are deciding what is the product, you can have the right mix and maybe you will spend more time in the beginning instead of going straight forward to prototype something. You will spend more time there, but then you will accelerate the, the, the full execution and the full product development. Is written there, uh, you know, when you have a, a product that is, uh, looks like, works like, fully functioning, you put this on the table, you have a marketing people or stakeholders that say, okay, it's done, it's there, what it takes, let's go straight to production, six months, we produce it. It's absolutely not true because 80% of the work maybe still has to be done. And this is on, on, on MPI and on industrialization. If you develop this one and then you need the teeny tiny hands of an operator for 20 minutes to assembly, it's not manufacturable in the, manufactured in the right way. Even more if it should be designed for automation. And then there's the point of selecting the right supply chain. You need to pick up the right supply chain in the beginning when you are defining the architecture because the supply chain can also drive the cost of the product. So the cost of the product, if you leave this to engineers, it's the playground. They will add whatever they can, right? They will add all the possible features to make it super cool, super UI, iPhone look, and so on. But then if it's iPhone look, it will cost also as an iPhone. Yeah. And maybe the business case is not there anymore, right? So these are all the things that needs to be considered from, uh, from the beginning. Now, if we move to people, uh, here, uh, again, there are, uh, it's as simple as that, like that, you need strong engineers by default. You need very strong engineers, especially in the electromechanical area, that is where the complexity stays for this kind of products. And one of the key success factors was that uh, together with Amgen, we were really able, able to build a kind of a team mindset where all the people from the two different companies were able to collaborate. Why? Because we moved the relationship from a more traditional customer supplier relationship to a real partnership. The real partnership, you see the partnership where there are the problems. 
when there are the issues and you don't start to make finger pointing, to blaming, to understand who did what, how this could happen, and now you recover because you trigger the issue. And obviously this kind of mindset uh, was triggered by, by Amgen's team and it was the key success factor of the project because the team from uh, all the sites that were involved here, and you see that uh, these are a lot. So we're talking about five different sites from Flex, Design, Manufacturing and Assembly, two sites from, uh, from, from Amgen and we include also GMT that was the supplier of, of the drive system that was a customized part. So the right mindset was really the one where all the people were really focused on spending their energy to fix the problem, not to justify and to defend their position on why there, these were issues. And it's a strong lesson learned. And you see also a few rules that were established that were pretty effective. I just mentioned a couple. One is a zero tolerance for negative behavior that is what I just, uh, I just mentioned. No negative behavior was accepted by anyone. Everyone should focus uh, to, to, to run the projects for his responsibilities and try to find uh, the, the resolution to the issues. And then uh, no surprises. And no surprises is not easy, but, uh, and we had a lot of challenges here because uh, obviously we were challenged because it's not possible that we turn a green flag into a red flag from one week from another. If we call Bill and we say, look, we have a delay of six months and the week before we had no issues, there is something that is not working, right? It's not working in the baseline, it's not working in the tracking of the project, it's not working in the communication. And so we needed, uh, and we had to put in place a very strong governance and very strong program management to coordinate all the peoples from all the different sites and all the stakeholders. So, actually, I'm going to stay on that side for one second, if I can go back. The zero tolerance for negative behavior, we remove people from the team, okay? People who will repeat bad eggs were gone, all right? Just done. Moved them out, put them on a different program, some of them left the company. I was okay with that. That was my accountability to ensure that the people who stuck around were empowered and able to do their jobs correctly, right? You can't underestimate, if you want to make a team of people work well together, the impact that one very smart engineer, but one that doesn't get along with other people, can have on that team. Right? So you, know, you really have to think about the, the conduct of the folks in the room. We had a situation once where, and this is bad behavior on Amgen's part, we had five quality people from my organization and one from Flex. And our folks were arguing about whether or not we could take certain documents into our system. They had five different views, right? About, let it go for about 15 minutes. It was around time for lunch. I said, the five of you, you go your lunch, you go outside, because it's California and it's nice. Um, sit down, you have an hour, you come back, you have one opinion. If you don't, I'm going to call the head of quality for Amgen. I will get his opinion, and that'll be that. Right? They were able to work through it, and they came back. So, um, you know, the team structure is important because you have to have sponsors who are willing to do things like that. Sponsors who are willing to take roadblocks away and be accountable to the team. Right? But then also when you get down into the program managers and the people who are actually the technical leads, you want them to work together. The best answer in any issue is one that makes Amgen and Flex successful. Right? Most companies don't like that, by the way. Most companies want to do what's best for them. But I think if you get people who start to think like that, 
They come back with solutions that are very diverse and very well thought out and do actually benefit both companies. At the beginning, it was not so simple. Myself and Ricardo, who was the partner with me at the time, we had to referee a lot of things. But over time, by telling people if they came with the right decisions or the right, right position, they could make the decisions, they started to feel empowered, they saw the benefit of that for themselves, they started to do that. And over time, that, that, that need for Ricardo and I to step in sort of went away. Ricardo and I would have a budget conversation every year. Him and I would write a singular budget for both companies. It was funded by them, it was funded by us, but we had that agreement before the year started, so we didn't have to get into those discussions. Right? And quite honestly, don't underestimate program management. We had a phenomenal program manager from Amgen. Actually, she was a consultant that used to work at Amgen, who ran that program for us. Red lights, yellow lights, green lights, all colors are good. You just don't want things to go from green to red, as Daniele said, in one day, right? If it goes to yellow and you have time to actually think about it and fix it, that's a great outcome, right? We all have very smart people that work for us that want to control those things. They want to be the one that fixes it. And sometimes they hide things and then it gets too late. So you have to enable them and let them understand that red is not bad. Yellow's not bad. Green's, I love green, but it's not, you know, yellow and red aren't bad as so long as they're done in the right time frame. So long as you can fix it. Come up with second solutions. Some of the solutions we had to go to, we had a team of people working on it. We would actually look to contract out secondary solutions so the initial team did not have to be taken off its focus. What was the outcome? Um, AutoTouch is an amazing success already for Amgen. Uh, we've converted about 25% of the Emerald market. We're looking to convert probably upwards of 70%. People love it. They like the feedback that it gives them. It empowers them. They get used to their device. They think of it as their device, right? As a patient, that's a very, very powerful thing. We achieved very aggressive timelines. We launched on time. We've had shared expectations around that. It's not been without difficulties or problems. We have had one or two manufacturing issues, but we quickly resolved those. We've never shorted the market in the space. Amgen's actually never shorted the market. We have a saying, every patient, every time, and we tend to keep that. Right? There's been a few surprises, but very, very few. Right? Most of the problems were identified very proactively. The robust combination product that's now available to patients is an exceptionally good product, and we're looking at it as something that we can now start to expand to any of our chronically administered doses. Uh, so if you have somebody who's taking a dose every week, every other week, having something like this that is actually reusable, it's very, very beneficial. And now we're working with Flex to look at additions to it, making it rechargeable, adding connectivity, putting drug warming into it, having it remind a patient that they got their dose when they need their next dose, partial dose administration. So if a patient does something wrong or the device fails, the device actually recognizes how much the patient got, they can put another cartridge in and take the rest of their dose. Right? Those are all things that are very, very good for a patient. So in conclusion, you know, I, I, I've been doing this now, partnering with companies in three or four different areas of Amgen, from global supply chain to external supply, dealing with suppliers and contract manufacturers, and now in the device space. The power you get from having two companies that can work well together is tremendous. 
alignment on definitions of success. It's the same thing we do within our companies as executives, right? We draw a vision for people. We give people a vision to work towards. When both companies have that shared vision and that shared um, outcome, that's a very positive thing. It's a very good thing, right? You get more diverse outcome. You get more ideas from more people with different backgrounds. It only makes your devices, your combination products better. We had single points of accountability. I'm a very big accountability kind of guy. I want to know who's the person who is going to take care of something or the two people who are going to take care of something. It is not a team. It's never a team. There needs to be a person who can hang their hat on that. Right? And we made that very, very clear with roles and responsibilities. Executive sponsorship, I think, is key. You have to enable them. You have to take care of roadblocks. You have to give them the money. You have to give them the resources. And then let smart people do their job, stay out of their way. It's amazingly good. And I'm, I'm, I'm an epidemiologist, so there's no way I'm going to help them with engineering anyway. Okay? Um, clear operating norms. Like I said, zero tolerance for bad behavior. You want high-performing teams? Take people who don't perform well with the team off the team. It helps them tremendously. Right? And then transparency of progress. There was never a day where I felt I did not know what was going on at Flex. Not a single day. Right? That makes me much more comfortable in reporting back to Amgen management and ensuring that our launch got done on time. And in the end, if you give patients what they want, you're going to be way more successful. We have a value. It's called create value for patients, staff, and stockholders. The order of that is like that because if you do the right thing for patients, staff will benefit from it. And if you do the right for those two things, stockholders end up benefiting from it. It's the best way to work. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. For more information, visit theconferenceforum.org. Thanks for listening.